The Jazz. Uh-oh. Stockton on the three. The high schools. Also's going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports, wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Hope you're having a good summer so far, making it through. Yeah, doing all right. Keeping your voice in check. (laughs) Don't know about that. Uh, We got a lot of things to discuss today, and we always love to hear from you as we go through the various topics. Full Court Press text line is open. 435-339-0321. 435-339-0321. Uh, we'll be coming, covering a lot of NBA today. Uh, NBA Summer League continuing to provide updates on uh, a few people that we're keeping an eye on. Justin Bean, Namish Keda, Jared Butler, anybody else with the Jazz Summer League squad making some noise. Uh, the play-in tournament... Looks like it's here to stay. So we've had a few years of it in practice. Do you like it as a permanent fixture, part of the playoff scenario that uh, teams go through in the NBA? And there seem to be more rumblings about an (coughs) in-season tournament as a possibility in the NBA. And is this a good idea, or should it be something the NBA should be running from rather than running towards? So we'll debate that. Uh, there's not really anything dramatically new on the front of the you know the Donovan Mitchell, but uh, there seem to be conflicting reports here, and so I think you have to read between the lines as to who's pushing what agenda to figure out what's uh, what's really going on with the Utah Jazz and its star Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, there's at this point it is just speculation because when you know Waj comes out and he throws out his tweet like he did, which he didn't really tweet anything new. He tweeted what a lot of people have been suspecting anyway. So, but when he tweets it, suddenly everything goes wild. <laughs> right. Uh, so he tweets it, and then everybody's like, "Oh, well, then this package must be in play, or this team must be in play, or it's like, well, just this weekend, like he didn't say anything different than what Justin Zanuck said, but they're putting a different twist on it. Then everybody's jumping on it. Yeah, no, a lot of the Jazz reporters seem to be like. Well, they say they're not going to trade Donovan Mitchell, but I think a lot of them kind of knew, like, yeah, they probably are entertaining offers. Which, I guess, that's all Wojnowski said is they're entertaining offers. That's all he said, which they were probably always doing that. Which, right. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a star. He's a multi-time all-star. He's never been an all-NBA guy. But he's averaging 26 points a game. There aren't a lot of guys in the NBA who are averaging those kind of numbers. But they've also made it clear, look, we're trying to do what's best to help this team be competitive for the future. And so that may be sending a signal. Is Donovan Mitchell really part of the Utah Jazz future? Or in trading his value for other pieces that give them flexibility, is that what's better for the future? So it's that cryptic, not really 
understanding what Danny Age and Justin Zanuck are really saying versus what they're really doing. Yeah, and most of what this seems to be doing is it's absolutely set. The Miami Heat and New York Knicks fan base slash media has <laughs> just turned them upside down. Yes. I mean, they're out there saying the darndest things. I mean, there's this one New York Knicks writer basically saying, oh, the Knicks can just wait out the Jazz. They they have all the time in the world. They can just wait for the price to go down. I was like, no, <laughs> time is on the side of the Jazz in this one. Uh, yes. They have them under contract for like three more years, plus like a player option, but... You know, one thing I do like what uh, Adam Silver said uh, recently while in Las Vegas, and uh, I want to make sure I quote him properly. Um, i got to scroll through my feed now and make sure I go back and find it. Just, was it. Was it the thing about Kevin Durant? Yes. Um, the rep- just Mark Stein reporting this, but NBA Commissioner Adam Silver on the Kevin Durant trade demand in Brooklyn. This is what he told reporters. We don't like to see players requesting trades. I would love the focus to be on the play on the floor. And then Mark Stein followed it up with, Silver confirms that this topic about players requesting trades early in their contracts will be broached in upcoming labor talks with the union to determine if remedies, quote-unquote, can be negotiated between the parties. Yeah, and I agree. This yeah. is really frustrating. If you're a team owner or a front office, and you put somebody under contract for five years, and one year, two years into it, they're demanding a trade? It's like, why did we even go through this process of agreeing upon a a deal here? Yeah, and I'd agree that objectively it is a problem. And yes, from the owner's perspective, it's a problem, but from a fan perspective, and even if you're the Players Association, you have to be like, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, they don't really care. It's, It's not their problem. But they could probably agree that it is a problem to some degree. Um, and where the NBA and the Players Association will heavily conflict is any potential remedies because it's hard to envision, you know, a remedy for this that doesn't involve potentially like voiding guaranteed money or different things like that. There's not a very clean fix to this kind of thing because it's not like a it's not a, I guess, for lack of a better word, clean problem. It's like, it's not something you just owe with this or that and there, it's fixed. You know, it's stuff that's behind closed doors that you can't, like, be objective about. So it's like, how do you fix something like that that's never really out in the open? Um, and technically isn't really supposed to be out in the open. These guys aren't supposed to publicly demand trades. They're not supposed to be doing these things. But they can because just the way the media works these days. Right. Well, you have the James Harden in Houston, Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, uh, now Kevin Durant. I mean, this isn't new necessarily, but I guess the Ben Simmons is more the extreme, where I'm not happy. I'm just not going to play. You can, yeah. you can. I'm going to be on your roster, but I'm not going to play. Yeah. And so, what does the team do? You're still forced to pay him, even though he's he's healthy. He's cleared to play, but he refuses to play. Yeah. At that point, you just what's the team to do? You basically have to come up with a way to say that the, the team doesn't have to pay him. And maybe if you, again, and this is a potentially awful and there could be a whole bunch of repercussions from this, but basically say, well, if he refuses to play, then his contract doesn't advance. Like, that's a pretty drastic Right, uh, there need to be and, some remedies there. Yeah, and that's, that's not a fun way, but, like, 
how can you fix something like this without something drastic like that that I wouldn't like to see that implemented. I, I don't like that idea. But like what else besides something like that is going to work? Some other similarly drastic action that will take tens of millions of dollars out of a player's pocket that will finally tell him, look, you will either lose a ton of money plus years of your career or you can just play your contract. Like, but then nobody's happy because then the player hates where he's at and yada yada. And then you know. It, then we have an interesting difference when the in, when we compare to the professional leagues. We have like what we're talking in the NBA. Uh, it, a a five year contract is pretty standard. You know, there's a four year plus the fifth year option if you have bird rights and you know there's the opportunities to extend things like this. But you don't really see contracts beyond five years. Right, in Major League Baseball, we see a number of cases where they're signing ten-year contracts, and then in the NFL, it's the other way, where those contracts are a lot shorter, because the NFL, they know that it, a player could get hit just one one hit, and they're not the same player anymore. So they're not into big, long, extended contracts because they don't want to be paying guys who are physically unable to compete. Yeah, and there's also, you know, every NFL signing, There's this is the dollar amount and this is how much is guaranteed. You know, basically nobody gets fully guaranteed contracts unless they're small or you're signing with the Browns, I guess. <laughs> right, in the NFL, it's all about the signing bonus more so than the, 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 the term of the, of the deal, the term of the contract. So it's really interesting that how that works and maybe the NBA should start to evolve into something similar. Sign a get a signing bonus, but a shorter term contract because the team may change, the coach may change, the dynamic of the team can dramatically change from one year to the next. Yeah, there's there's some ideas you could always throw out, but unfortunately, the best way would just be for players to just calm down a little bit because there is definitely some fault for them because yeah, it's, they. Talk about not being respected because they don't get their four-year, $200 million contract. But you know, like everyone's noticing, they they sign it, and you know Kevin Durant signs his, and less than a year later, he wants out. Yeah. So it's like, that's not very respectful of you. You're not honoring your end of the bargain. Right. It's the it's the, the perhaps unintended consequence of player empowerment. Yeah. I mean, you look at LeBron, like at least he was doing it in a somewhat fair way for a while where he was signing really short contracts. So it's like, yeah, I'm giving you a small commitment, and that's it. Like, and if I don't like it, then I'll leave. If it's working out, I'll stay. Yeah, and that's a fair way to do it because it's like it's, it's saying, you know, if things don't work out between us, I'll leave. I'm not going to sign, make you pay me hundreds of millions of dollars, and then say, all right, I want out. So say what you will about LeBron. At least he's kind of doing or was doing it. Now he signed a more long-term deal. But that's because he's toward the end of his career. But yeah, but but it has been more fair to both parties involved. Yeah, so that, that's that the way I'd like to see it, is if you're going to be a star and you're going to try and do this, you know, you know, play the super team game and, you know, the legacy game where you're trying to get as many rings as possible and form all the super teams, don't sign three, four, five-year deals. Sign one- or two-year deals, one year with the player option. Like, sign it where if there's... You know, if you need to end your commitment, make it so it's not, you know, forcing a team to trade you. Drama in the media, on social media, just this is the term of the contract. Yeah. If you sign for four years, you stay for four years. 
4781 on our Full Court Press text line weighing in. Can we stop acting like Donovan was good for the Jazz? Like, come on, the guy was a problem in the locker room. Ever since his second year, he has declined. The guy sucks at defense and struggles to create his own shot. So I think that's I'm I'm I'm, I'm agreeing I'm with gonna, some of these. I'm not going to read that verbatim because if I did, the FCC would get me in trouble. Oh, which uh, part? <laughs> misspelled shot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also, he tries to play hero ball so much when he has never been that kind of player. So I, I think a few of these points are, are, are valid. But to say that Donovan Mitchell, can we stop acting like Donovan was good for the Jazz? Donovan has been good for the Jazz. Yeah. He, Without Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz would not have been a sustained playoff team. Yeah, he was he was good for the Jazz. If you want to make the argument that he wasn't like the guy for the Jazz to go to the NBA Finals with, I can we can have that conversation. Could he have been the number one guy? This is something that I've been questioning for a while because you know for the longest time I've realized that it's really hard to go to the NBA Finals if you're best player is like under six foot six like Steph Curry is like the one exception to that rule so it's like can a short guard like Donovan Mitchell take the Jazz to the finals there was definitely some questions in my mind about that and maybe they seemed to be answered and maybe the answer was no to say he was just not good for the Jazz is not accurate and to say he declined was say he declined after year two after his second year yeah I don't that's that's not true at all. Yeah, he's Just improved his blatantly not true. He's improved his scoring. He's improved his assists. Uh, he's improved his assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, he hasn't been great defensively. He hasn't improved defensively like he needs to at this point in his career. But I think it's I don't think it's fair to say that he has been on the cli- on the decline. That just is not accurate. Uh, but four seven eight one follows up. Jazz could have been a sustained playoff team without Donovan. He overshadowed people. I mean, with Rudy, the Jazz were always going to be a playoff team. He's that kind of floor raiser. Donovan Mitchell was supposed to be the ceiling breaker, where he, you know, with Rudy, you're so good, you're such amount of good. You know, with with his impact, with his defensive impact, then Donovan with his scoring takes you to that next level in a way that Rudy Gobert maybe can't. So, yes, the Jazz would have been in the playoffs, but they would have been worse. They wouldn't have had that top-shelf scoring. I mean, your best scorer would have then been either Jordan Clarkson or Boyan Bogdanovich. Neither of those two guys is anywhere close to the level Donovan is. And, no, Donovan's not a perfect offensive player. Yes, I, I do understand the hero ball stuff. That was kind of annoying at times, especially when it became pretty clear that he wasn't very good in the fourth quarter in hero ball more often than he had good games. Like, he, it became quickly <laughs> evident that he's not very clutch outside of a couple handful of good performances. So Donovan was good for the Jazz. But, but he didn't shy away from clutch moments, whereas Gordon Hayward did. And so that's where it was a difference having Donovan. Like, here's a guy who's not afraid to be in the situation. He may not always make the best reads. But he wasn't afraid. He didn't shy away from the moment, whereas Gordon Hayward did. And so when he left, Donovan Mitchell comes in. And we're like, okay, well, here's a guy who's willing to take that shot. He's willing to be in that situation. And it looked like this is the, the team wasn't damaged, really, by having Gordon Hayward leave. Whereas it looked like with him leaving, here's an all-star. He just became an all-star. Now he's leaving. This is going to set the team back. 
but the team didn't fall back because Donovan Mitchell arrived on the scene. And that was because he was able to, you know, he elevated what Hayward brought in terms of scoring. He was a much better scorer, not same defender, and for the first couple of years wasn't the same playmaker. But, I mean, in terms of Donovan Mitchell not being afraid to take the shot, that did help a lot. And he had his clutch moments when he, when he was hot. He was able to take over games. There's some really memorable moments. But in the end, liking to take the shot doesn't mean you should take the shot. I mean, I remember yeah, people talking about Trey it's Burke. True. It's like, oh, Trey Burke isn't afraid to take the shot. Yeah, he's not afraid to take the shot, but he misses the shot. <laughs> so in the end, yes, there's, there's definitely some problems with Donovan Mitchell. Um, there's some issues. We, we could talk about them. But there are just as many positives and more positives to Donovan Mitchell that will make his his tenure in, with the Jazz. If if it, if it does end soon, it'll make his tenure memorable. I mean, and if he, if it continues, then there will still be memorable moments. <laughs> four seven eight one. Donovan's plus minus was almost plus four hundred year two. He hasn't been above three hundred since. I mean, raw plus minus, I'm not inclined to use as a catch-all to just say he didn't improve. Uh, Mostly because when I think of his improvement, it's not so much just raw statistical. It's the way he was able to develop his game. He he became a much better three-point shooter um, after his second year. I mean, technically he had one of his his worst three-point shooting seasons this last year outside of his rookie year. But is the fact that he was able to diversify his offensive game, be a better playmaker. Sure, he didn't improve on defense, but you know, focusing on his offensive game, he was much, much better these last couple of years. Maybe this last year was a bit of a regression, but generally speaking, the last few years, he's improved his game every year. So he's a better player and will probably keep getting better for a few more years as he enters his prime. So, again... There's some maybe you can make some arguments that he's regressed in some areas, particularly his defense. But overall, he is a better player. I think that the clearly something was happening this year, starting around January. It started with the COVID stuff, and then there were injuries. But when the team finally came back together, they didn't play for each other, and that was evident in the way that the team finished, with so many instances of double-digit leads in the second half that got blown. And that they they panicked, they didn't play well, bad shot selection. They just weren't playing for each other. And so is that because of Donovan Mitchell? I don't know. I wasn't in that locker room. He may have been part of it. But I don't know that it was totally just all him who started it or was the instigator. I don't know. But clearly there's something that was going on there with the team overall. And... And I think that's why the, this front office realizes it, and they're making changes. Uh, there's more, to, and there's more to come. It's, it's clear they're not done yet. Yeah. So four seven eight one's not giving up the fight. <laughs> good for you, four seven eight one. Yeah, I like it. He's he's standing up for it. He's making good points. I'm I don't want to completely discount this. He, he says you may not want to go off plus plus minus, but it shows if you're a good player for your team or not. And, and that is correct. I don't completely discount plus minus, but. My general point is, in light of plenty of other evidence, for instance, watching his game, there's been plenty of statistical upgrades. I mean, you can go into some other advanced stats. 
his offensive box plus minus and his box plus minus in general have gone way up since the second year. So there's a lot of other things that suggest he's gotten better over the years and is still a really great player. Yes, there are things. Plus minus actually is probably one of the biggest things against Donovan Mitchell that have suggest, in particular, suggest that Rudy Gobert was more impactful than Donovan Mitchell. So plus minus is a big negative in terms of Donovan Mitchell's stat sheet. So, but generally saying like, there's a lot of evidence for me to say that Donovan Mitchell is a better player now than he was in 2018. Yes, yes, and the PER is an important one for me to look at. Just to um, PER, I got to remember what that stands for. Player, player efficiency rating. Efficiency which I will, rating. I will disagree with you there. I think PER is a worthless stat. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, but in terms of that, um, he's a 15.27. Rudy Gobert, 15.56. Uh, and Rudy has been much higher than that at, at different times. But uh, it, I think it illustrates you know, uh, what are they doing on the court. Besides, is the team winning more or losing more when they're on the court? It's a, a reflection of you know how valuable they are while they're on the court. Yeah, and more so just raw plus minus the net rating swings is something that you can also look at, which is another thing. That's one of the things that goes in favor of Rudy and goes against Donovan. It shows that Rudy had more of an impact than uh, than Donovan in some cases. In just terms of, is a team winning when you're on the floor versus when they're not? <laughs> Four seven eight one. I will never give up the fight. I used to love Donovan, but from watching every game the last five years, I've seen plenty of evidence to show that he wasn't a team player. He didn't celebrate success of his teammates that weren't in his friend group, like Royce. Royce could air airball a layup and Donovan would support that more than Rudy dunking on a scrub and see while maybe those are exaggerations but I can understand that point like I said there's plenty of reasons to not you know not be as excited about what Donovan was doing because it did feel like some of that energy that he had as a rookie and kind of in his second year wasn't there as much anymore so there are those arguments there so I guess we can agree on this like saying yeah there's there's some things that I felt like his leadership wasn't as good as I wanted it to, I was hoping it would be so I think here we might may have uh, stumbled on something that we both agree on uh, 471 there you go uh, so we continue to keep an eye on that doesn't seem to be a lot of real legitimate movement uh, on it though I mean there's where there's smoke there's fire sometimes so maybe something will come up it um, but we'll, we'll shift gears and talk about the summer league that's going on in Las Vegas and uh, Utah Jazz, Namish Keta, Justin Bean. How are they doing? How are they looking? Uh, any Anybody on that Jazz squad that's giving us some thought that they could turn into a rotational player or help the team? Uh, also, uh, the, the uh, play-in tournament looks like it's here to stay. Do we agree with that? Do you like that? And then there's been this proposal about an in-season tournament. Is that worth adopting in the NBA? Or do we have other examples that uh, exist in other sports that tell us maybe it's not the best thing to do? And it may not really prove to be uh, as beneficial as it's being sold. So that's coming up in about uh, three and a half minutes here on the Full Court Press. Oh, also, just got this before we came on. Some news about Max Shulga. And in fact, I'm going to try to grab that while we're here on the air. I think there was an interview done with him. He's going to be playing for the Ukrainian national team. Uh, and so we'll get some updates on that. If we can't get it today, we'll have it tomorrow. But uh, stay tuned for that. It's hot outside. We got that hot wind as well. 
you heard there's a severe thunderstorm warning in uh, parts of Box Elder County. But when you get that hot weather, it can be tough on your vehicle. So take it into Valvoline Instant Oil Change. They're located across from Angie's. They've got Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life Oil for your vehicle. And they'll get you back out on the road fast. 695 North Main in Logan. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750-5151. It's happened to us all. Red punch, nail polish, coffee or paint. This is Dow with Northern Utah Chem Dry. What you don't realize is using your own methods can potentially lock in stains within the carpet. ChemDry's patented stain removal solutions have successfully removed stains all over Cass Valley. If we can't get it out, no one can. So next time you spill, call ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern Utah. The results are in for the 2022 Best of Northern Utah Contest. Presented by Campbell Snacks, home of Pepperidge Farm. Pick up your free copy of the Winner's Magazine. Pick up locations are listed at bestofnorthernutah.com. Over 600,000 votes were cast to determine gold and silver winners in 185 business categories. Help congratulate these businesses and let's support all of our local businesses. And thank you for participating in the 2022 Best of Northern Utah Contest. Best of Northern Utah. You just finished your eye exam. What next? Well, of course, it's time to pick your frames and glasses. Did you know you have a choice where you get those from? May we suggest Crystal Vision in Logan. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. Their opticians are trained to fit your glasses to you, not the masses. Take your current prescription in and let Crystal Vision fit your glasses to you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. 
You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. And continuing um, to be interrupted by uh, the National Weather Service for those on the podcast or listening online. You don't have to hear it, but uh, over the air, we they're not hearing what we're saying. Not yet. Give it a few seconds. Ah, uh, there. Now we're back. Now we're back on air. Okay. Yes. Wow. A lot of uh, announcements. So I guess if you're in those areas, be careful, be mindful. The weather. Um, but welcome back. <laughs> the full court press for those who were able to hear us. Um, so, Summer League, looking at the NBA Summer League, and, and uh, by the way, we're looking into the Max Sholga interview that was is done. He's uh, competing on the uh, Ukrainian U20 team uh, that's competing in the European Championships. And uh, we looked at that a little bit during the break. Because of all the weather interruptions we're getting today, we'll – We'll cut that up and, and bring that to you tomorrow. So we'll hear from from Max tomorrow what he has to say about competing for his uh, country and uh, what's going on in his home country and being able to compete for his country in the U20 European Championships. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. We'll have that tomorrow. Uh, but the NBA Summer League rolling on, and uh, last night the L.A. Clippers took on the L.A. Lakers in uh, Las Vegas. Lakers won 83 to 72, but we did not have a Justin Bean sighting. In their first game, he only played three minutes, and last night he didn't play at all. Yeah, there yeah, there was kind of technically a Justin Bean sighting. To, uh, apparently, on the ESPN broadcast, he was listed as one of the starters, um, <laughs> but was not one of the starters, and no. he did not play. It was a, you know, did not play coach's decision. So, not an injury thing. This was a just. Didn't want to play him for some reason. Um, and that's been the case for the first two games. Had it not been a blowout in the first game, he wouldn't have played the two minutes and 49 seconds that he played then. Um, the one thing I saw that gives that can give some hope is that the athletics uh, beat writer for the Clippers said that he f- thinks in this next game, which is actually tonight, um, he thinks Justin Bean will probably get some first half minutes, but that's just speculation. So you never know. Yeah, and that's the thing to always keep in mind with these summer league games. It's This is all about just watching their development. What do they do in practice, which we can't see? How well are they understanding the concepts that that team wants to implement? And how is a team trying to evaluate what they can and cannot do? Um, and so, yes, for some prospects this is a great opportunity to kind of showcase their talents and show out but for others they're trying to evaluate do we do we provide a roster spot on our g league for this guy and so 
I don't want to read too much into it for Justin Bean, but it's frustrating that we really haven't seen a whole lot from him in two games for the Clippers. They still have a couple more games left to be played, so he can still have an impact and hopefully showcase his abilities to get himself an opportunity to parlay that into more opportunities. But so far, we just haven't seen a lot of him. Yeah, and unfortunately, it just isn't a good sign because if you can't get appearances in the Summer League, then your best hope at that point is that it's because you were injured. But that doesn't seem to be the case for Justin Bean. So he does need to at least see the court and show because you know part of the point of these Summer League games is to, we talk about all those things in practice where they're trying to figure them out. Well, then the point of Summer League is to see that put into a real-time situation. And Justin Bean's not getting that second half of the evaluation, the real-time situation. He's gotten two minutes and 49 seconds of it, which is nothing. You can't learn anything from that. <laughs> no. You put me out on the court for two minutes and 49 seconds, and I could probably grab a rebound. That won't tell you anything. I'll probably commit four fouls. But <laughs> that'll tell you all you need to know. You got seven to use in, this, in the G League, or in yeah. the uh, Summer League. Uh Going back to our text line real quick before we continue, uh, 4781, I guess that's the point I was trying to get across, that Donovan can't be a leader and we need leaders on the Jazz. Uh, I, I think that that's true. The Jazz need better vocal leaders, and I think they lost it with Joe especially. I don't think Mike Connolly ever really proved to be that leader we thought that that veteran experience would bring. Um but uh, and I think they lost that too with Jay Crowder when they traded Jay Crowder away. Yeah, they there was a failure of leadership from players, coaches, and even you know some of the executives on this team, and and Donovan was part of that. Yes, yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Eight one two eight. We talk a lot about players requesting trades early in contracts, but what are your thoughts on teams trading players that are early in contracts? Like Rudy Gobert, for example, he didn't request a trade or want to leave Utah, but the Jazz traded him. Yeah, so this this kind of thought popped into my head when I was kind of going off the rant about how players need to commit to their teams because, yeah, in the back of my mind, it's like, okay, well, teams don't always commit to their players. So this is a two-way street, um, and it's a hard thing to reconcile because it's frustrating to see players not commit to teams, but for players, it's incredibly frustrating to not have people committing to them. Yeah. So... It's not a very easy discussion to I'm have. I'm going to have your back. You better have mine. Yeah. There's hurt feelings on both sides in a lot of cases, or at least, you know, maybe on one side there's hurt feelings, and then there's hurt feelings the other way, just depending on how the situation goes. So it's not a very easy discussion to have. Uh, 4781. I also don't think Donovan could be tenacious like Crowder, Grayson Allen, Daniel House, etc. Those guys wanted to ball out, and it showed. Donovan showed that in his own way. It just wasn't in the, in the, like Donovan did have his problems under the body language and in effort, but he showed it more in the, you know, the scoring and the, you know, the way that Steph Curry kind of shows it. Because Steph Curry doesn't show the tenacious attitude the way, the way Crowder and Grayson Allen do. He just shows it in a different way. Yes. Those guys are all, you know, they do the, you know, all the little things, you know, they're the little things guys. But. You know, these stars, they're doing the big things, and they kind of show their energy in that fashion. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there are multiple ways to show uh, your skill, desire, and drive. And some show up in their gritty, defensive, get after it. Uh, and that's, that is their, that's their skill. Others, their skill is being able to score at an elite level. Yeah. And so it's, it's 
I think it's difficult to equate one player with another in that sense. Yeah. They have different skills in different areas. Especially because it's stars versus role players. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, with the Utah Jazz, uh, they will get back in action tonight. Actually, as soon as we get off the air, uh, they take on the uh, Toronto Raptors, 5 o'clock on ESPN2. And uh, the Namiash the, the Keta, if you want to watch him and the Kings, they play the Thunder tonight at 6 on ESPN3. And the Clippers back in action tonight against the Nuggets. So, fingers crossed on Justin Bean. That'll be 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN3. Yes, the Jazz and all your favorite former Aggie connections are all lined up tonight. So <laughs> yes. uh, have some fun once or like said, right after this show. Go ahead and get some popcorn and watch the Jazz, the Jared Butler show. That's that's about all it's worth watching on that team. Yeah, so and that's what I wanted to circle back to is is there really anybody on this team besides Jared Butler to pay attention to? I I would throw in there the new addition, Leandro Balmero, the Minnesota Edition. Uh, I think it's worth watching him as a playmaker, defensive player, but also can he p- get a shot up? Uh, but I think there's some pressure on Jared Butler. He's shown that he can be a playmaker, but can he make a shot? His shooting percentage is poor. He's putting up shots, but he's not able to make them at a very good clip. Yeah, he's making them at about the same clip as the guys I play pickup basketball with make them. <laughs> Just jacking up all these shots, but nothing goes in. So, And it is weird because Jared Butler was a good scorer in college, and I thought that was one of his biggest strengths in college going to the NBA was that I felt like he had a really good scoring package, and he had really good ball handling. He could get to any one of his spots and then make a shot from any one of those spots. And he's just not doing that. He wasn't doing it last year in the G League. He's not doing it now in Summer League. So I don't know what's going on with him, but... Uh, to his credit, the playmaking has been just perfect. Yeah, he has made some great passes. Uh, he's made some great reads. So those are things that will help keep him on a roster, but it will be deep on a roster. If he wants to be a rotation guy, he has to be able to score with a more with more regularity and more efficiency. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Just be able to knock down a three-point shot when you need. Maybe a mid-range floater if you're a bit more of a volume playmaker. Um, And also, you'd like to see some of that bulldog defense that we have seen from him in spurts, especially his NBA minutes. Granted, he's been kind of blowout minutes where he's trying to impress. But he's shown the ability to be a bit of a bulldog defender, even at his small size, which that can be a big boon for him as well. You know, get all three of those things. It's not going to make him into a star, but it could make him into a fringe starter uh, in this league, a guy who can do pretty much everything you want out of a starting point guard. Uh, all right, so we'll, we'll take a time out here on the Full Court Press. We'll, If you want to continue to chime in on the Summer League, uh, players that you're keeping an eye on, or Donovan Mitchell, rumors that are going on, feel free, 435-339-0321. But we'll talk about, we're going to shift to talk about the uh, play-in tournament and it looks like it's going to be a permanent fixture. But what about a an in-season tournament? We'll debate the merits of both coming up on the other side of this timeout. Uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive Repair, they're on the go and uh, ready to get your car repair tackled quickly. Uh, as you've heard me saying this week, I had a situation this weekend, and Grant, I, I reached out to Grantham Mobile. This is not a paid endorsement. I had a situation. I needed help. 
I've been talking about him on the radio, so I called his number, and he came out and he helped me. Uh, he did a great job. Um, locally owned and operated, Grantham Mobile Automotive will come to you. Call 435-229-4345. The T-shirt. We all have one. The T-shirt is the world's most basic clothing item. Over the last 30-plus years, the Logo Shop has screen-printed well over a million T-shirts. Custom printing. That's what they do at the Logo Shop. They can literally put your logo on just about anything. Coffee mugs, pens, flashlights, outerwear, golf balls, water containers, backpacks, travel accessories. The possibilities are endless. That's why at the Logo Shop, they say, we Logo Stuff. The Logo Shop. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence in a beautiful new office complex at 2245 North, 400 East, North Logan, just south of the Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East, North Logan. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. This is Gene Needham of S.E. Needham Jewelers. If you are in the market for a diamond engagement ring, I would like to personally invite you to visit our store. With our beautiful selection of rings and broad diversity in style, you are sure to find a ring you'll love. You'll enjoy our quiet atmosphere as you view our beautiful selection of diamonds. We grade each diamond twice in order to assure exactness in the diamonds we present. Shop and compare, and then come to the Diamond Engage Ring Store, where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Hi, this is Ashley Nate, Operations Manager with Cash Valley Bank at our Preston Branch location. In celebration of our new branch in Preston, we would like to invite you and your family to our open house event on Friday, July 22nd. We will have food and prizes at our branch location next to Stokes Market from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. We are excited to bring the Valley-grown bank to Preston. Come and celebrate with us and discover what Cash Valley Bank can do for you. Member FDIC. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Ready for a parade of homes? Come to the R.M. Mills Construction Celebration of Homes at the Davis Creek Subdivision, 645 West, 2200 South in Perry, Saturday, July 16th from noon to 6 p.m. Over eight homes will be available to tour that day, including some ready for you to customize. Don't miss a celebration of homes from R.M. Mills Construction in Perry, July 16th. With refreshments, bounce house, face painting, prizes. Find out more at millshomebuilders.com. Co-sponsored by Wheelwright Lumber, Equity Real Estate, American Family Insurance, Beam Lending, Columbia Flooring, and Bank of Utah. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Mountain West Motor invites you in helping them drive change in our community. Each month, Mountain West Motor selects a local nonprofit or a cause to donate funds to. And we can all drive change by helping those in need. Visit Mountain West Motor and explore your next adventure with a newly customized truck or SUV and see how you can help them drive change. Just check them out at 615 North Main in Logan. 
So the NBA uh, play-in tournament began in the bubble and uh, has been used every year since, and it looks like it's going to be a permanent fixture. Um, so let's start with that first. The merits of the play-in tournament. Has it worked out as was intended? And is it worth keeping around? I think it's worked out about as well as I could have expected. The point was to create the kind of drama that you get out of a Game 7. Kind of create it cheap and a bit for free. So it's a bit gimmicky, but it's worked, so I don't care. It's been fairly exciting. And yes, it's like, you know, it's the 7 through 10 teams. But it's created some excitement. I mean, Patrick Beverly basically made, that was the best moment of his career, apparently. Uh, acted like he'd won the dang finals. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it is exciting. And especially for these teams that are kind of fringe playoff teams because it gives them some semblance of success. Uh, and obviously it helped the Pelicans out a little bit. You know, they were a team that wasn't even close to, you know, wouldn't have been close to making the playoffs before, but they ended up, you know, getting in. Yeah. It's kind of like the wild card in Major League Baseball. It's like a one-game playoff. It's a, it, it, what I like most about it is that it keeps more teams engaged at the end of the season. Uh, it, it also gives a better advantage to those teams that played well in the regular season. If you're a number one seed or number two seed, you're playing somebody who's had to have a couple games to grind to get to to play. You get a little extra incentive there. You get some rest, and you're playing a team who's had to grind a few extra games before they face you. So there's an incentive for the top teams. There's an incentive for those teams that are you know, borderline playoff or not. And it eliminates... There's going to be some teams who are going to rush to the bottom for playoff picks. But it it eliminates the sheer volume of teams that are trying to do that, or at least used to do that. So I've liked the play-in tournament. I, I think it has succeeded, and I think it is a... A, a good thing for the NBA to continue to do moving forward. Yeah, I think the reception has been very good. Um, like I said, I kind of when it first came up, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. The way I do with most playoff expansion, because it's like it's so easy to make the playoffs if you really want to. So why do you need to expand it? But I've enjoyed it, so I set those thoughts aside and I say, if if I like it, then I'm perfectly fine with it staying around. Yeah. Now, the in-season tournament, I think there's some different debates to be had there. But before we do that, get back to our full-court press text line. Um, I want to make sure we're caught up here. 2305, what exactly are the Jazz willing to take to trade Mitchell, especially to the New York Knicks? Uh, on that, I mean, Rudy Gobert set the bar for anything that's going to be going on in the offseason for trades. So... Donovan Mitchell has to get at least something similar. Yeah, and I if think, not more. Yeah, that's honestly like you you take that Rudy Gobert package as the base. If they don't get that, they're not trading Mitchell. Correct. Um and they'll try and wring as much more out of them as they can. Multiple players, starter and key rotational players and future draft picks. Yeah, like at least four future picks and I'd say at least four future first round picks and at least two pick swaps, probably three. Um, and like I said, three or four players that are either young prospects or decent salary filler. 
Uh, and then the next question from 2305, Utah State basketball. How many players have they added to their roster? It's been announced thus far. I think there's like one unannounced, like unannounced but also known publicly that he's because it was the one of the transfers. I think Dan Akin. I think that's how you say his name. I don't think he's been officially announced. Right. I know that there was one roster spot still to be filled, and I believe it's going to, to Dan. Yeah. But I don't so, think the university has officially announced that yet. Yeah, I don't know exactly why, but I think everyone else has been announced and is on the roster if you go on the website. Yes. Uh, 6804. Uh, I think the play in, in 2305, uh, we can, maybe at another time, we'll, we'll go through who those guys are. We'll introduce yeah. the new players. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a breakdown at some point. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, 6804, I think the play-in tournaments made sense. A lot of people until the Lakers found themselves in that situation, which pointed out how bad they really were. <laughs> so it wasn't great for the Lakers because, they, oh, yeah, we suck. Yeah. LeBron James, like, it was a dumb idea. Who thought of that? Until it's like your only way into the playoffs. It's like, oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, but the in-season tournament, that's been something that's been bantied about for a little while. Basically, it's something that would happen um, probably, uh, was it de- December, uh, if I believe? Uh, the timing of it is that isn't quite known what's being proposed uh, or when it would actually take place. But essentially, all 30 teams would be would participate. It's something that happens during the regular season. But then eight teams from that would qualify for a single elimination format that would be done at a neutral location. And whomever wins, you know, it's like a million dollars per player for whomever wins. Yeah, so the, exactly how they would do this, whether it would be games, they would be like maybe sprinkled throughout the season or like take a break and play the tournament. I don't know exactly how this would work. Like I said, they haven't really fleshed that out yet. And maybe there's some interesting ideas you can take, but I'll just say this. This idea is terrible. And not for the reasons that most everybody pick out, because usually they say something about load management or whatever. But for me, this has to do with the fact that nobody will care about the the result of this tournament. Like Adam Silver's talking about trying to create a tradition, you know, of this tournament in, you know, excitement. But you can't just pull that out of nowhere. There's no tradition with this tournament. So no one's going to care about the results. And you can say, okay, a million dollars to every player. Okay, the players to whom that will matter are the ones at the bottom of the roster, the guys who are only making four or five million dollars. Then there's the guys who are making. I'm about, I'm about to die over here. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together so that I can make this rant because I think this is a dumb idea. Nobody will care, and so it's just going to be a game where you know players, coaches, and whatnot. They're just going to set this aside, and they're just going to play their backups for all of these tournament games. And, and, and they're proposing that it could happen as soon as the 2023-24 season. And it would be games that are already on the schedule. Uh, so it's like all of a sudden you're going through the schedule and then some magical date happens. And now the games that, that are playing, which still account for your overall win-loss record, now also account for this in-season tournament. I don't know how many days it goes or how many games are involved. All teams would be participating. And then after a certain window of time, after these games that are already on your regular season are played, then we look at, okay, how did you do during that time? We're going to take the top eight teams from that period of time and now do a 
single elimination neutral site somewhere to crown a winner. I get that it's trying to create some in-season excitement because it can be kind of a long season, but I just I'm I'm struggling to grasp the real benefit of this, other than a gimmick of highlighting games that you're already playing. Yeah, it's it's Adam Silver's little baby that he wants to throw in. It's like, oh, we're gonna have and he he cites things like the U.S. Open Cup in MLS, but the U.S. Open Cup is exactly what this in-season tournament will be. Something that nobody cares about, and that literally MLS teams will play their backup squads in the U.S. Open Cup tournament games. Up until like the semifinal or championship games, they will literally play their entire backup squad for a literal tournament game. <laughs> well, and I guess that's what would be important to determine: do do those games are they truly part of the wins and losses, and will it affect like your end of season standings, or is it something completely different? So. <laughs> being discussed it's being brought up again while all these executives are in las vegas they're discussing it one more time so uh, i'm still not sold on it i need i need a little more evidence to, more to evidence. Suggest i know exactly how it'll go more interesting uh, all right another quick time out here in the full court press before some final thoughts and don't forget about the uh, napa auto parts bucket sale going on now uh you can get a lot of great deals there like seafoam fuel treatment for just eight forty nine a can, they've got five locations between Preston and Providence. It's Napa Auto Parts. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Grantham Automotive Repair knows how busy you are. I'm like the busiest person alive. We know there's never enough time in your day. I make instant oatmeal in the microwave. We know it's not always convenient to get your car fixed, so we will come to you. Introducing Grantham Automotive with over 10 years experience. Our master ASE technician is licensed and insured and headed your way. Book your service appointment by calling 435-229-4345. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker, we didn't have time to get into a stat that blew our minds or a player of the week yesterday, so we've pushed it into today. Um, Let's... Let's start off with the player of the week. Uh, mine's pretty simple. Uh, Namiyash Keta. Great first couple of games in the Las Vegas Summer League. Uh, per 36 minutes, he's averaging 28.5 points, 11.5 rebounds, and 4.6 blocks. Uh, that's per 36, but you know, really great first couple of games from him. Very solid performance uh, by Nimi. He plays tonight at uh, 
at 6 o'clock on ESPN3. Uh, I'm going to the WNBA. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Candace Parker. Uh, she put up 31 points and 11 rebounds in a game recently, become the oldest player in WNBA history with a 30-point, 10-rebound game. That's surprising me that uh, she's the oldest to ever do that in the WNBA. Yeah, a little harder for them to get those 30 and 10 games. They have a little shorter games, so it's hard for them to put up those uh, those volume numbers. Uh, any stat that stood out to you real quick? Uh, so when Keel Harry was traded by the Patriots, uh, he was drafted in 2019. Six players drafted after him have had 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, Dan Patrick listeners will remember that stat from earlier today. <laughs> very good. Uh, very good. Well, I'm out of time. We'll have Martin. But uh, we'll get to Max Shulga. Hear from him tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. It's no secret Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns relationship ended poorly. The former number one overall pick had an up-and-down career in Cleveland. At the end of the day, though, he left the Browns in better shape than he found them. Despite his success, the Browns decided they needed a so-called grown-up at quarterback. That led the team to trade for Deshaun Watson. We can go back and forth about that decision, but what's done is done. Mayfield now a member of the Carolina Panthers. He gets a chance to rebuild his image, and that image will be on display from the get-go. Yesterday, he stated Carolina's Week 1 matchup against his former team has been circled on his calendar. We expect quarterbacks to back up what they say, but confidence when you don't back it up isn't very appealing. But that's the case with Baker Mayfield. You get all of that. A lot of confidence, a lot of swagger, a chip on his shoulder, and maybe a chance to revitalize his career. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.